Hello everybody, welcome back to the And Again podcast. My name is Amir, I am a football writer and analyst and I'm joined today as always by my co-host H, a football content creator that focuses on the tactical parts of the beautiful game. Right, there's a lot to discuss. I think I say this every week, I don't know, it might just become part of the intro, but oh, there's a motorbike outside. We'll cut that out. Right, let me do that again. Let me do that. That was so loud. Oh my days. Did you hear that? I get that all the time. I get that all the time. I heard it as well. I get that all the time. I live on like a main road. So it's like, yeah. it's just constant. We got, we've got like a long pavement, but I don't even know how that sound transmitted so well. Um, so We've had so many car crashes at the end of my road, honestly. Bro. Oh my God forbid. You know what? I'm going to keep all of that in. We're going to talk about the team of the season. <laughs> We're going to talk about the team of the season because um, what um, the team of the team, the team of the season nominees came out from uh, FIFA. Was it the game? I don't know if that's the official one. I don't know how it works. But, I, think, um, I think it is the game like because some of them are spooky if it's EA. If it's, like, yeah. But the thing is, like, isn't like the player of the month sort of linked to like the game as well now in, in some Yeah, the, play, the player of the month is like... I think it's fan voted, but the but it gets announced in the Premier League. Like it gets announced on FIFA before it gets announced by the Premier League. <laughs> Hilarious, man! Uh, yeah. It used to be a serious award. No, it still is. But like, um, <laughs> it's, some of the nominees, uh, people were were complaining about. I don't want to go too much into those. I do want to mention Nathan Aki, John Stones, Ben White. Yeah, no open missions for me. Um, I I think Ben White's been amazing, man. I feel like. Ben White sort of has goes, been amazing. Yeah, he sort of goes under the radar. Um, but but ignoring all of those actual nominees, um, I thought me and H, H and I, for sake of grammar, uh, would actually go through our uh, team of the season so far. Because um, I, I posted something on, on social media, but I, I've sort of revised my opinion a little bit, or maybe I want to defend some of my opinions. Um, and I just want to yeah. discuss with H some of his opinions. So we'll go keeper. Um, we'll both have the same here. I'm pretty sure. Do we? It, it awesome. might be. It might, yeah, the guy. The guy is a genius. Yeah. Honestly, the thing is, there's there's shouts for a couple other guys. I think earlier in the season we discussed. Yeah, our team of the season. I had um, I had Leno at that time. It was quite early in, into the season, but I just thought his contribution yeah. to to that Fulham side was really impressive. Um, yeah, if it weren't for Fulham's like down down spiral in form i guess yeah in the past few like months i think he, he is well within you know a shout i think ramsdale's been really good as well i was gonna mention I think that. he's had a few i think he's had a few like shot stopping errors but that liverpool game alone for me was like enough to be like this is a serious goalkeeper yeah, now, so yeah his, literally. his team games um so more, more to the point i think yeah it is Allison. I think it's quite concrete, but don't downplay the other two because the other two, in my opinion, as well, have been very, yeah. very good. I think. I think with Ramsdale, he's interesting because he plays better the bigger the occasion, essentially. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like in in smaller games, he might make a, a I wouldn't say mistake, but he might there might be a lapse in in his his keeping ability or whatever. Yeah. Um, Feel like he is a good distributor as well, but he's not like a Arsenal aren't like an over play team like they do knock it long quite a lot yeah um, but I think that's a quality so in itself, kind to be of, honest. yeah that's that is a quality his long ball quality is there but if he was like a proper like play out like, of back goalkeeper yeah, like beating the, he would the, have been he would be touted higher yeah yeah um but yeah I'll, I'll say Allison as well um and then and Ramsdale's in with a shout um but but Allison's a freak man we, we've mentioned him on the yeah. podcast a million times um all right we'll go we'll go with our back fours 
Um, and I don't even want to say fullback and centre backs because they're all merging into one this year. Oh, right. I've yeah, go on. There, yeah, go on. I I could have put. I should have put a centre half at fullback. Uh, I I think I've not traditionally like all my four defenders are, are centre backs. Um, wow, really? They're, they're no, not Kieran Trippier. No, no, Kieran Trippier. I know. <sighs> I know people might get onto me for that, but I can't not oh. put in Ben White. Um, yeah. Because I, I think that chemistry down that right hand side for Arsenal has been like, it's been their key essentially to yeah. their wonderful form this season. Um, yeah, Odegaard sort of balancing the the link between Ben White and Saka. That Saka like release pass where where sorry that Ben White release pass when like Saka runs inside and and leaves his marker like when when he cuts yeah he's really leg. good at yeah that time, really the timing on that is sensational. Yeah, they've worked uh, a lot on that. I think it goes like kind of understated how much he's adapted to playing right back as well because he's not he's not playing like I know at I know at Brighton he played right back in a uh, right centre half in a three and he's doing yeah. similar in build up now for Arsenal. But in the when the play gets beyond the halfway line now he's becoming a traditional right overlapping. Back at times there was like a yeah I can't remember what game it was now well. but he he made this run right into sort of the back post. Like a late run, and he either scored or says like he was really contributing to the goal. Um, he might, I think he did score actually. Um, but yeah, genuinely like traditional right back play as well as like yeah, um, top coaching man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so I've gone Ben White right back. My two centre backs, I've gone. Wait, I want to hear your centre backs actually, because there was one position that I was sort of like. Mm. I've got Gabriel and Martinez. Yeah. Now. Okay. I'm Ooh. I'm very I'm very fine with not putting Martinez in, but yeah. one of Luke Shaw and Martinez has to go in for me personally. Just okay. one of I don't think they, I don't think they should both go in, but yeah. I do think one should, and it's it's up to anyone which one ever goes in. I think Zinchenko, <clears throat> I've got him as the left back. Yeah. I think Zinchenko is. <sighs> I don't know. I might change it. Nah, I'll change it. I'm going to change it on the spot. I'll put Go I'll on. put Gabriel Saliba and then put Luke Shaw at left back. That's fair. That's fair. I've got... Because... I've got yeah, Gabriel as well, yeah. actually. Um, yeah, I think Gabriel's been immense this season. Really, yeah, proper really like... Assured. I think as a start, oh. people, people had Saliba ahead. What were you going to say, sorry? Yeah. I was, gonna, I was only going to say if there was a City defender who was up for the nominations... Bar Ruben Diaz because he only made 18 starts, but they still put him in the nominations. The thing um, is, I'm not gonna lie, starts they don't matter to me, man. <laughs> I know, I know. He has been good. Like this is this is the thing. We'll get onto this later. We, we know what we're gonna get onto here, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think yeah, Gabriel Gabriel Saliba <laughs> and then Shaw at left back. The only reason why I would only have one Manchester United player in is we've been crap defensively. So I can't put that, two Manchester. You know what United though? That was a good run. I think you have some of the highest clean sheets. We have the highest clean sheets, but we've conceded like 20 goals more than Newcastle. Is that right? And they're second in the clean sheet. Yeah, I think like I think we've conceded like I don't know, I'll check the Premier League. We'll have a watch. we'll have a little look. Um because... so we've conceded we've conceded 13 more than Newcastle. Wow, Newcastle's defensive record's ridiculous. Do you remember at the start of the season? I think they, they had like they, they had really bad like Troubles playing out from the back and like holding possession in games. So when teams sat off them, they didn't know what to do. So they just had like four back to back to back to back nil nil draws. Newcastle at home. 
Yeah, yeah, they were. They've, they were they've really got loads of draws in really general. Bad, they've they've got eleven yeah. draws. Well, they've got eleven, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of says crazy. it all, really. But yeah, I think well, we've conceded. I don't know. We've the conceded. Is, I think it's sort of like nine it, more than City and six more than Arsenal. So it's not too too bad, especially considering we've conceded seven in one game. But yeah, yeah, because in general, I think United's like, at least for my FPL, like when I put in. I had Shaw and De Gea in my FPL for a while and they racked up Oof. points every week. And then like Casemiro yeah. went out and oh, I got a couple of minus ones in yeah. there, 1.0 points. So. <laughs> but but in terms of my defenders, so I've gone Gabriel as well, left centre-back. I think it's like a non-debate. I think he's been, I think he's been better than Saliba. At, at the start of the season, Saliba was better. But I think as the yeah. season's grown, Gabriel sort of stepped into this, almost like this leader at the back. He's, more front-footed in his defending. His his ability in possession, I wouldn't say is as good as Saliba's, but it has improved. Um, although I think last game it was a bit here and there. Um, but he probably had more ball responsibility there with, with holding in the team. Um, but in general, I think really like an authoritative player. I think he deserves his roses. Next to him, um, next to him, I have John Stones. Kind of, yeah. kind of cheating. Um, yeah, I I was gonna say if City had uh, like like you like like I just said before, like if City had a nomination that weren't Ruben Diaz, even though I really like Ruben Diaz, I probably would have put like I probably would have put Aki at left back, maybe. So so I'm gonna sound so biased because I have I have Aki at left back. Yeah, yeah. But but you know yeah. what? It's sort of just I've so at the first half of the season I was so like Zinchenko the left back of the of the season, Shaw second, yeah. Aki's ability on the ball is what's costing us to be fluid or whatever but like as the season's gone on Aki's improved in that regard in terms of possession but what I've really opened my eyes up to is the value of like a, just a pure lockdown like 1v1 yeah, defender 1v1 specialist yeah because imagine if we had someone who couldn't clamp Saka that's like a potentially yeah. a six point differential there um, so so Nathan Aki goes in for me I think he's played loads of games like I, I think Especially with Zinchenko, his ability in possession is ridiculous and it sort of makes Arsenal tick. But in that big moment against Liverpool, for example, yeah, he was the one that this was is, caught out. I think maybe this it's is the thing bias, between like yeah, this is the thing between me putting like Martinez and Shaw in over like because I was thinking about it and I was like, I'll put Zinchenko in over Shaw, but then I was like, well, Zinchenko just got spun in the biggest game of the season. But yeah. Martinez also and Martinez and Shaw also conceded seven, so I was like, I really didn't know what to put. And obviously, <laughs> there was no City defender outside Diaz nominated, but I probably would have put Ake left back. Um, yeah, yeah. If 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 he was there, but yeah, I yeah, I have no problems with that. I think John Stones as well is like, I think people yeah, will complain just, about yeah. his like games played, but I think like the quality yeah. and value that he brings, like the the improvement in our defense with Diaz and Stones in our defense. Um, and this yeah. current back forward to mention, yeah not to mention he'll probably go on to play six or seven more this season now yeah so um, and I think just the, the role and, and the things he's doing like is so high above sort of some of the competitors that, that are compared to him and in the similar lists that like yeah. I think that bridges the gap between like not playing as much as them um, yeah but but we'll move on now to the midfield. I've just gone. I'm not gonna lie. I've gone four four two just because I I need Kane and. Oh, I really should. I really should have done that. You know. Uh, you can always switch up, my friend. Yeah, I'll do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, it can easy. I can easy change it. So yeah, that's fine. 
Um, so should we go? We'll go wide players first, left mid, right mid. Yeah. So I've got Saka Rashford. I've got Saka. I, so in the one I posted a couple of days ago, I had Saka Matoma, and people were onto me for not having Rashford. Um, but like I, I feel like, oh, I don't know, man. It's there is certainly recency bias at play. I think Rashford. I think Rashford's like he's been the guy to give United the wins essentially, like in terms of like mm. output and carrying like that burden, um, especially with like Bruno playing this more restrictive, more measured role. Um, I think the left midfield spot is between Matoma, Rashford, and Martinelli. Um, yeah, I've not got Martinelli in mind. I think it's pretty a pretty disservice. Like, I've, yeah, I've, man, I re- I really do think Rashford should go in, but. Like I do think the amount of goals he scored and how like integral he has been to Manchester United is huge. But I also think that the system is completely tailor made to get the best out of him. Um, yeah. And he is like our only out ball, our only output. Like he's that. So I think not having Martinelli in for me is probably the one that hurt, is probably hinders the team the most. Yeah. Um. Because I do, I do think he's been absolutely brilliant. Like I said, this I made a video on him at the start of the season, like a few games into the season. Um, and I remember Arsenal fans were looking for like a potential left winger to come in and certain people wanted like Rafael Leao and stuff and in the video I actually said that um, Gabriel Martinelli is probably the one of the most integral pieces to the team because I feel yeah. like without him they would really struggle in certain game states and I think he kind of gives them a bit more of a transitional threat yeah, um, yeah. and yeah I, I really like him I'm so the report about Manchester United not like um Picking up a trial. Yeah, yeah. I just I hate stories like that, man. I hate it. <laughs> I feel like United are oh, the centre of so many of those stories as well. It's like Wenger when he says that like he was supposed to sign a player. He was supposed to sign exploded. every Ballon d'Or winner yeah, ever. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And there's always proof about it. Like, you know, he wanted to sign Zinchenko when Zinchenko was like 17 or something. 16, 17, I'm pretty sure. Um, I would actually say if someone said to me, like who's had a better season, Martinelli or Rashford. It would be would be Rashford because I feel like in European in European competitions he's also been United's saviour. I know it doesn't like apply to yeah. the Premier League team of the season, but in the Premier League, Martinelli's had probably just as good of a season as Rashford, but Rashford yeah. has also played twice a week, 90 minutes constantly, and he's thing, still shooting. One thing I'll mention about Martinelli's game is like, he really suits this Arsenal-like system. When Gabriel Jesus um, was out, though, and when Trossard hadn't signed yet, when it was Enketia playing down the middle, because Enketia doesn't make the rotations to the left-hand side as naturally as uh, both of those other players, like Martinelli's output, like, really dropped. Um, and yeah. I don't think that's like a... I mean, it's just a, a, a underutilization of, like, his actual profile. But, like, you can sort of point to that and say there was that bit of the season where sort of the burden of goals and assists and things like that were carried by someone yeah. else. Whereas for Rashford, for example, it was, he's sort of always been the the main man. So I can hear the argument for and against both. Yeah. I have to make an argument for Matoma now. <laughs> I think uh, Matoma is just like, he's a bit like Kavara where like his output is good, but it's just exciting to watch him. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think Matoma's game is like so the most. It's so impressive because he's making these runs into the box and and scoring headers. The way he's dribbling, he's dribbling in a way that I've seen very, very few do. Like 
Yeah. I like really just closely watching him, I think like he can probably get the better of essentially any any um yeah defender. I feel like he's one of the only wingers in the world who could um who could give Aaron Wambasaka trouble. And yeah. I know it's have like, they, have they matched I know it's up? a crazy thing to say. I don't think so, but I think it's oh, a crazy they play, thing to say. They actually then. play on the fourth of on, on the fourth of May. Oh but yeah, we've got them in the cup summer. I hope it's yeah. um, one Bissaka because that, I feel like people when people come like when people compare like one Bissaka's defensive one v one ability against certain wingers, we talk about like Raheem Sterling struggling against him, uh, Neymar struggling against him, and Mbappe struggling against him. Neymar, like Neymar, Neymar players. struggling against him is ridiculous though. Like if you can if you can yeah. hold hold Neymar to not thriving and not making you look like a fool, ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. a that's a ridiculous performance. I I just think. I feel like his type of dribbling is almost like dragging people into deep waters and then getting out himself in the last second. Yeah, like you know I feel what like I've he noticed? makes defenders buy it. I've noticed easy. a really interesting thing in, in the Matoma's game where, uh, like, to to exit his dribble, he uses like so. This is people watching video. See, imagine this is his foot. Like he uses like his foot like this rather than like you know how certain players burst with like the in, inside the of their side. foot. Yeah. yeah, he sort of. He sort of like sprints almost forward with the ball. Um, yeah. And it's really like, it's it's unique, but like, I don't know, man. It just He just bursts past players in such a unique way where like, I think the value of that against teams that are really like set in their space is like yeah. ridiculous. And then also with Brighton, like inviting pressure and stuff, he's equally as good in transition. So I think like for completing the sake, he's added goals and assists his game. He's one of the best dribblers in the league. Like, just, I'm sort of thinking about it from the perspective of who, out of all of the performances I've seen in the league, who would I want in my team this year? And I'd go Matoma. Yeah. But I think you can pick any of those three. And I think there's even yeah. a shout for Jack Grealish as well, based on what's... The, yeah, the based on second half the of the season, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I just, I really, I've, now I've said that thing about Matoma, I, I, I'm really worried because... I've never seen Wambasaka come up against um, a winger who is like got a fast step count, but also like shimmies as like he invites pressure. Like he he he's dribbling style is exactly like how Brighton play out. Like he yeah, invites yeah, the yeah, pressure yeah. to himself and then beats it like yeah. really directly. And I feel like Wambasaka one of these days he's going to get caught out because he he does jump in and obviously it's a ninety four. He's so leggy, like like Wambasaka's he. He t- his timing is amazing and his reach sort of t- to make that tackle is amazing as well. And I think one, yeah. one good thing about Wambasaka is because he's generally really pacey as well. I think like... That's why the fast wingers can't beat him. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see Matoma sort of burst past him and then like Wambasaka get a slide tackle in on him. Um, yeah. But yeah, we got so we've both got Saka right midfield and you've got Rashford left, I've got Matoma left. Uh, yep. In central midfield, I think people were really annoyed at me. Uh, because I I put Casemiro in despite his lack of games. Um, yeah. The thing is, this is a this is a tough one because I so I had Gundogan and and Casemiro, but like I want to put Rodri in there somehow. Um, but I just think for impact, and I don't know, maybe this is a disservice to Rodri that I've sort of become numb to his quality a little bit, um, and I'm just like, okay, this is a casual like Rodri season, even though he's played ridiculously well. 
But my two are, are Gundogan and, and um, Casemiro. I think Casemiro's influence in the team is massive. I think when he doesn't play, United look far, far worse. They they don't look like a team that should be third. Um, yeah. And then with, with Gundogan, I think he's sort of been the mainstay in midfield throughout the season. Um, and he's able to like link play um, from the defence to the attack really, really well, facilitate that Aki Grealish flank. Um, and City have moved to play a lot more centrally with, with Haaland in the team. I think Gundogan does that really well. Um, and like he um, he's essentially able to like make those passes without being too risky, but without being too cautious. So I think like, that's why he's gone in there for me. I think he's been really underrated and people are just sort of like looking at the numbers and he's missed a few chances in the in the final third, but he sort of makes City tick. Um, so they're my two sort of midfielders. Yeah, I've got I've got Rodri and then Erdegaard slash Gundogan. Because I think yeah. I do from from like a Manchester United standpoint, I absolutely love Casemiro and I completely agree with what you say. We do look like a different, a completely different team when he's not there. Even against Forest, like the standard seven out of ten games just make the world a difference for, for mm. Manchester United. Like, even when he's not receiving the ball for like all of his deficiencies and all of his qualities. It's hard to explain to someone what he actually makes up outside of just on on the ball. And like I went, when we spoke about the Sevilla game, the first like 45, 60 minutes is just like the space around him just always yeah. looks like yeah. controlled. It's so crazy. It's hard to explain. Like when when he was running through, or when the players were running through the center of the pitch, I was just thinking, there's just no chance of they're getting there. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it's not happening. Um, and then obviously I've got. Erdegaard, I think, has been sensational for Arsenal. It's, it's that right side for Arsenal. It's, yeah. it's so impressive, I think, isn't it? But I think second half of the season, I don't think he's been as good as the start of the season. I think in the start yeah. of the season, I was really impressed by his like way to adapt to third, third, bo- uh, third man runs into the box. He I did think it his, West his Ham, contribution to, to Arsenal's like output, especially like these late runs, these sort of finish it from the edge of the box, like in couple of in a couple of games, he sort of like take the responsibility to take long shots. He's taken so many long shots, and like as a yeah. result, as a result, like Arsenal get these rebounds and and score or like get in dangerous situations, keep the pressure on. So I think like maybe across the whole season, like there's certainly a shout for him, and maybe it'd be harsh to say like the whole second half of the season he's been like poor or whatever. He's still been good, but I think in the big moments recently, sort of in the in the physical games or in the games where like opposition have really yeah. sort of put their stamp on it I can I can agree with where you're coming from yeah I think Gundogan just kind of I've kind of just become a Gundogan fan because of the um, the City video that I did I think his intelligence yeah. is just brilliant I think KDB does probably deserve a shout but I think by KDB standards it won't be an all-timer season even though he's still even though he made, he'll probably break, break the yeah. record yeah I know <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's crazy but um, yeah, I just think maybe Rod- Rodri, Erdegaard or Gundogan. If I had to pick between Erdegaard or Gundogan, I'd probably put Erdegaard in. Um, you know what? I, li- I like this because between our two teams, I think we're not going to offend anyone. No, I've got a good balance. I yeah, I, th- I think you've got the guys that have just missed out on mine and I've got the guys that have just missed out on yours, basically. Yeah. Political, think, political segment. Yeah. Um, but we'll but go- I, like, I like them four. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with you. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anyone else in midfield? We we can give uh, a shout Bruno out Gimeresh to is, yeah, is Bruno pretty, yeah. and the Brighton, the Brighton geezers, Caicedo. Yeah, Caicedo, Caicedo actually, real shout. Caicedo got a real shout. 
Um, he's my he's my number one pick for United in the summer. By the dream way, dream signing. Um, yeah, uh, but it is exactly that. It is a dream signing. I just don't <laughs> ever see it happening. But it is yeah. the dream. Um, that makes sense. He's been amazing. Um, and then oh yeah, front two. I think we've got the same the same two. Holland Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. I. I. John, when you said when you said you were going to a four four two, I had it in a four three three, and I'd like. I was like, Kane could not left miss out on this team. I was like, <laughs> Kane could not miss out. Because I had so I had Roger, Erdegaard, and Gundogan. Oh, okay. That and sense. then Saka, Haaland, Rashford. And then you said 4 4 2. And I was like, another striker. And I was like, yeah. oh shit. I was like, because Spurs Kane. have been whatever, but Kane's been putting up numbers. Like, yeah, Kane's genuinely. been good. Yeah. I think something about Kane as well is like, there was that, was it the Bournemouth goal? He scored a goal against Bournemouth. And there wasn't much talk about the goal, but the finish is absolutely ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah. And and like most centre forwards, I just don't score that goal. Mm. I, I was just looking and I was like, get this guy to our team. <laughs> it would be good, man. It would be good. Not for us, but it would be yeah. good for, for the other side yeah. of Manchester. Um, you know what? Uh, I, th- I think we've got balanced teams there. As in like, both teams. Balance of teams. I think, yeah, together, that 22-man squad, even though there's some overlap, you, if yeah. you're offended, if you're offended at that 22 man squad, log off because we got a good. I haven't there. got, I haven't got a player outside the top four in my team, and that's the only unjust that I feel. Should like we, I've done. should we just give like three shouts to like non top four players? Yeah, well, I might, one of mine's Matoma. Yeah, I've got um, in my team. Actually. I, pro- I probably go. I probably go Matoma. K- 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 uh, Kane's not even in the top four. Kane's not in the top four. No, the, oh no, no, he's not. Is he? No. Oh yeah. So I've, uh, yeah, I've not got anyone outside the top five. Yeah, fair. Um, um, let's but see. Yeah, if I can give I'll probably give shout out. shout out to. Well, Bruno's in the top four, so I can't say Bruno, but I would say shout out to him. But probably Matoma. Yeah. Ivan Tony, I think, just deserves a shout. I think he's he has got a pretty inflated goal record, and I think he kind of sways people's opinions because that's what I think as well. But yeah, but he's he's overall plays actually that. really really good. Yeah, like yeah. I, I really like him. If he like, didn't have the betting Brent scandal, so much. Yeah, if he didn't have the bet, if he didn't have the betting <laughs> scandal, I'd have actually like said maybe this is a guy he should join United. But, yeah, yeah. But I just that that's just a bit all over for the, all over the place. I think people are just kind of waiting on Ivan Tony, like because they don't know Bro, what's going to happen, so they don't know. I took him out of my FPL months ago because I thought surely yeah. I saw some tweets. I thought surely. And then he's just been bagging um, since. <laughs> for a third player for the season, I would probably say I'm gonna have to look at the table, aren't I? Because I don't even. Yeah, I'm looking now. I think I want to give a little shout out to. I mean, this is probably not even for the whole season. This is just sort of recently guys who impressed me. Um, not Ollie Watkins, but he's really impressed me. I want to say Jacob Ramsey. I've had stuck to him yeah. for a long time, sort of before class player. Um, before Gerald was even here in the Dean Smith era, um, watching the under twenty one spring. Game. Actually, I say a, a rogue shout out. It's not any. He shouldn't be anywhere near the team of the season, rightly so. But Dominic Solanke has been, yeah, absolutely brilliant for Bournemouth. Mm. And he, if they do stay up, he will be absolutely integral to it. And I seen, I watched the Monday Night Football, and Jamie Carragher said that. Dominic Solanke has assisted and scored in the same game three times this season. And the only other two players to do that this season in the Premier League is KDB and Phil Foden. Foden! Ah! Like, oh. That's all. Oh, I miss my dog. Oh, I yeah. love Phil Foden, so, man. Phil Foden's, played about, up, Phil Foden's probably played about three games. 
I don't he's know. probably done it in every game he's played in. I, well, he did it against United. I know that. <laughs> oh, what a game that was! What a game. Uh, but no, that's yeah. Solanke's a brilliant shout. Actually, I want to give yeah. a shout out to um, who was I going to give a shout out to? I want to give a shout out to. Oh yeah, so Jacob Ramsey. Um, I want to give a shout out to. He's barely played, but just because I think he's incredible, and in sort of the recent games, he's really shown that quality. Yeah, uh, Jao Gomez of Wolves. From Wolves, yeah. Yeah, when he was playing in Brazil in summer. I said top club side him now, and like in recent games he's sort of shown that quality. He's only played a few games, but Jao uh, yeah. Gomez um, been pretty been pretty um, impressed by Paulinho for for Fulham as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I do I do think there's think kind of an even... overhype kind of nature around him, but for yeah. what he does in the Fulham team, he does it better than most. He's probably the second best ball winner in the Premier League, and in that if we he's had like to do Casemiro team of the season. Pito. I think it, when we did the team of the season, sort of the first part of the season, he was in our yeah. I think he was yeah. I think it's just it's just kind of, kind of annoying because Fulham have obviously dropped down to tenth. Yeah, they've lost four of the last five in the prem. Mm. So um, yeah, it, it kind of makes it a bit stickier for for Fulham. But Marco Silva's he's done more than get him up, and I'm sure Fulham fans will be happy with it. But the fact yeah. that we're on the cusp of like European football, and then Brighton and Brentford kind of overtook sort of, them, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. And then, you know, my third child, Chelsea are a mid-table team these days. So, you know, I want to give some roses to um, Fofana. I think I've been really impressed by Fofana yeah. recently. Yeah. Uh, he's he's another player who hasn't players. played a lot, but I think he got, he, he, he actually struggled against Real Madrid in the, the first leg. I, I didn't actually, watch the second leg. I, I actually was impressed by him, even though he looked like he was struggling, just because I think he was put in so many situations where he was... Or where he should have struggled more, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, and everyone's going to struggle against Vinny. So. Yeah, especially without like real cover on that side. Or I think Vinicius yeah. really got the better of, of uh, James that day as well. So, Rodrigo... I thought James was really, really poor that game. Really yeah. poor. Show me something I've not seen before. But but it's Vinicius, so like, I can yeah, forgive can't it. can't hold him too much. Can't, yeah, I can't hold him too much to... Uh, maybe that's uh, another player who Wan-Bissaka would struggle against. But then again, he's literally just a small Neymar, so... Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I I would back Vinicius to give it a go. Like honestly, I think yeah. Vinicius, Vinicius, yeah, and Matoma, got the two I want to see. Um, yeah, two and ridiculously good dribblers. You know what? Um, since we're talking about United and we're talking about wingers, let's talk about a fella we were speaking <laughs> about off off uh, off camera. Anthony, United, obviously with a, a good performance against Forest. Um, and Anthony sort of at the heart of everything. We've spoke very sort of positively about Anthony, even when people have sort yeah. of criticised him. Um, and I posted a thread sort of a couple of weeks ago talking about like Anthony's qualities and what he can sort of do to just make that next step. Making runs in behind the last line, which we sort of saw when he arrived for that yeah. goal. Um, and then also the ability to, we mentioned his attention loads and loads of times, but we really yeah. saw it for that. Assist for Dallow driving. Um, is that a motorbike on your on your side? I told you. <laughs> I told you that might be a quad bike. Um, but yeah, we've mentioned we've mentioned Anthony's intent, his dribbling, the ability to like bring players in, sort of like, kind of like the Matoma thing, but like yeah, not bringing them close enough to actually win the ball, moving out of the way and then playing that pass for the runners. Yeah. Um, what did you make of what? that game in general and especially like Anthony sort of finding his feet a little bit more. 
it was a good game. It was a good performance. I think we should have scored more goals, um, mm. 100%. I mean, 2-0 away at Forest doesn't look great, but they've drawn against City there. They've beat Liverpool there. You know, they've they've, they've got a good record there against big teams. Um, and I think, for the most part, it, it, was, it was really good from a performance point of view. I thought Wan-Bissaka and Dallow were brilliant. They both played inverted in infield. Um, I, re- I really think, like that, you know. Yeah, I think... He just suits Dallow more. I tweeted this um, after the game or yesterday or something, but Dallow's like really disappointed me on the last line this year. Like mm-hmm. I tweeted, I tweeted a, like a year or two ago that if if Dallow can improve his crossing, then he can be like one of the most technically gifted right backs in the Prem. But it's the final third play is, is pretty decent, but he's crossing and he's he doesn't really have any like slip through balls down the line or like piercing defenses open. Um, kind of you like know, Ben White does. You know what I've kind of realised is a lot of these right backs are like players who were naturally wingers. And like when you're a right foot winger, you're more likely to be a left winger cutting in as a, as a well, player yeah. growing up. Um, so then you get these kinda players who like... Game more. Yeah, you get players who are like in the final third, suited to the angles of playing on the left side. Whereas defending, you've always traditionally had your right footer on the right hand side. Um, yeah. So then, yeah, I think like there's a sort of a lack of traditional width um, in general, I think, in the game. People want to yeah. be like the Cristiano Ronaldo's. They don't, like, I can't even think of really notable wide traditional wingers except for like, I, I would Beckham. say in the modern game, except Sane and Sterling. Yeah, not, yeah, not, in, the tri- not in the actual game, um, like the, the today's game. Yeah, very, yeah, I think Beckham's certainly one of them. But like Beckham yeah. sort of inspired like the Trents and the, the Ward yeah. Palaces and they've, they've sort I of think, not played wide wide yeah. I, don't, I think it just kind of makes sense like why you play such a narrow like build out shape especially when there's no pressure on the ball because you know you, you play you play width to stretch teams and you don't need to stretch a team who's not like against you if that makes sense like if you're playing out yeah. from the back there's no point in, in stretching an attacking structure that's or defensive structure that's not there yet do you know what I mean and I think, I'll need to read about it but I think Ten Hag's spoken about like this concept of minimum width before. Yeah. Um, and I'm not like massively familiar about the concept, but I think there's this idea of like bringing the general width of the team narrow and then in moments bringing it more wide and sort of exploiting yeah. like teams dynamics in that way. Um, and then also have the quality to play in those smaller spaces. Um, but that's something I need to read up, uh, read up about anyway. Um, yeah. It's really interesting to see how like, United are using. I mean, I I, I think Ten Hag is amazing in in just his attention to the game in general. Well, obviously the Maguire yeah. centre back angles, footiness thing. Um, yeah, I, tweet, I tweeted about that, and our good friend John McKenzie was really wanted to find the clip, and I found it so interesting because I've never thought about defending on your not natural side in wide spaces. Yeah, and I thought, well, Maguire's already not agile enough to mm. defend in wide spaces, so why would you want him to defend on his weaker side in a wide space? Yeah. And you know, if I'm def- if I'm defending, you know, I, I played I played centre half a lot. If I'm defending, I do not want to defend running backwards on my left yeah. foot. You know, like, I've, a couple of years ago, I posted this thread about like, and I never post threads, so you know, it's serious. But I posted this thread serious. about I posted this thread about Van Dyke consistently making mistakes when he had moved to the right hand side of the pitch. Like sort of as soon as he crosses the centre, like imagine if you divide the pitch down the middle. As soon as he crosses to this side of the pitch. He'd for some reason not be Van Dyke and you know keep making these mistakes, and that's yeah. when 
at that point, I was alerted to like the idea of angles and footiness as a, a centre back. For Van Dijk, it's a little bit different because with Ten Hag and what he's saying about Maguire is when he's defending um, an attacker who's running on the outside of him, he needs to use his right, right foot to defend because that's his strong foot. So that's why he suits playing yeah. right centre back. With Van Dijk, because the Liverpool centre backs continually shuffled their attackers infield, then his strong foot would be his right foot playing left centre-back, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same idea of using that strong foot, but it's a reason why um, Maguire is suited to right centre-back because United are sort of ushering attackers out wide and also it depends on the attacker's natural tendencies. Like, I think Brennan Johnson maybe was attacking wider, um, but like you get someone like Nicolas Pepe, for example, right wing attacking uh, Van Dijk. Yeah. He wants to move inside, so then Van Dijk's sort of able to cover that area a bit better. Um, but when you mentioned yeah. agility, that's really a good point. I think it just comes down to like the ability to open up your hips and rotate on the spot. And really, I think when people talk about centre-backs, they say, oh, that guy's a good centre-back. And they don't differentiate between left centre-back and right centre-back. But in my opinion, I think the difference between the qualities and traits and like how well you're suited to playing both of those positions, I think is enough of a distinction to say, left centre-back, right centre-back, in the same way you'd say left midfield, right midfield. I genuinely believe that. I think you really get like different levels of, of performance consistently uh, depending on things like that. And I think the fact that Ten Hag is mentioning all of those things is like incredibly yeah. like, astute. Ten Hag always like dumbs down his press conferences. I know his English isn't absolutely perfect, but they obviously do study like English in, in Holland and stuff like that. But it's like he talks in really basic terms but then when it comes to players doing interviews after the game um, oh yeah yeah like do you know what I mean the players are saying stuff they would never say like Maguire said rest Maguire said something about rest defence in the, in the home <laughs> yeah. game against Everton hmm. and I was like Maguire wouldn't say that if he was playing under Solskjaer but Ten Hag's also not saying it yeah. in, in post-match after the, after the you know after the Sky or BT win and it's like it's almost like Ten Hag doesn't want to become that guy that's constantly clued up about football. I think it's... So I don't know if it's deliberate, but I think it's interesting. If it is deliberate, it's almost... It feels almost like a way to... of knowing his audience. I think, like, the, the example that pops to mind is, like, Graham Potter mentioning XG, for example, in the, yeah. the post-match. Yeah. Obviously, things were going bad for him at the time, but, like there's almost a, a little bit of a disconnect between fan and, and coach in that way when that sort of language is used. Um, and then I remember Arteta as well when things were going bad, he's talking about these like mathematical models or like XG or something um, yeah. based on like the amount of crosses. I think like ultimately like being a coach is like a person, a person first thing. Um, yeah, definitely. So yeah, man, it, it's interesting. I, I'd never thought of that. That's a really good point. Uh, yeah. But it was it was a good game, all in all. Right. We we were good in the game. Um yeah. played inverted four backs, played a wide attacking structure. Um winger shown, well, winger shown intent. Um mm. uh just yeah, it was I was really happy to see how we managed to play with with the injuries we had. Um yeah. it was one yeah. of the most we, we sustained the most pressure in the game I've seen for a while. I think I tweeted it like it should have been more goals. Um and yeah, it just paid off in the end. And I think it was really weird to see us play a rotated 11. No, not rotated, but forcefully rotated 11. Mm. And look better structurally. 
It's yeah. almost like, I think I remember, I think I was listening to the TIFO podcast this morning and they said something about, they they listened to an athletic podcast with Gary O'Neill, the Bournemouth manager. Yep. And he was saying that the tactics ever, very rarely ever, like in certain game states when you're scrapping at the bottom of the league, it was like they rarely ever actually like shine through properly. You can only keep your core principles, but structurally in a game when a team's like dropping deeper or a team's stepping up more, that's not really instructed. It's mostly just off the cuff from the players, like emotional like a mentality. Yeah. Yeah, like a mentality kind of thing. And it almost felt like the players that were playing every single week are kind of like so tired and so like drained from the amount of football they're playing that the in the intelligence of the system they're playing in isn't as good as the players who are on the touchline who are being able to sit there on the bench and watch games and analyze the game after the game and you know, taking everything and then give it a go. Like Lindelof was was brilliant. Dallo was brilliant. Maguire made up for his mistake in the early parts of the game brilliantly. Wan-Bissaka was great. Um, Anthony was great. Um, Bruno Fernandes and Eriksen. Eriksen looked like he'd... Eriksen was absolutely exceptional. Like, he's I, I mean, he's good. such a miss. Like, his technical quality, his footballing IQ, like, I think it's yeah. far and away the best. I think maybe in terms of footballing IQ, Casemiro rivals him. Yeah, but like other than that, when you pair like technical quality on the ball and the football like Hugh Eriksson is far and away the best that United have. Yeah, um, for sure. You know what? I think like what you're saying, it, it does resonate. I think what I'll add to that is like sometimes just certain like units within a team just work well with each other. I think Lindelof and, and yeah. Maguire have this trust and this connection. Relationship. Um, yeah, they have this footballing relationship that's like, uh, as much as you want to criticize either one of them across relatively successful years for United, they've been the the centre back partnership together. And then you have I think Dallo naturally playing at angles that suit him a little bit more. Um Anthony having a little bit more of the space and then also moving inside and playing, having that runner with Dallo off him. I think yeah, Ericsson sort of controlling but I think a lot of pieces kind of I wouldn't say luckily came together, but like with those pieces being available and then Ten Hag using them in those ways. It's almost accidentally. Sort of, yeah, yeah, they just they kind of fit together nicely. And I think Ten Hag has the yeah. intelligence to have done it deliberately, but maybe not expecting it to be as smooth flowing as it was. Um, yeah. But Marcel yeah. was also brilliant. Always is, Always is. I think it's kind of a key facet to, to having a team now. Anthony was weird. Like, he was really good, but it was a game that I didn't expect Anthony to be good in. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, he he was playing ridiculously isolated at times, and he was he was often playing like on his own purposefully, like taking on the harder harder you know passes, the harder dribbles, yeah. and then for his goal, it's the it's the you know it's the creation idea that we spoke about with the slip through balls down the line for the inverted wingers who struggle a bit PMP wise. Yeah, that that he that he got the second goal or the assist, and then obviously following the ball through for Martial for the first goal that's like a true inside forward kind of intelligence. And that's something that our wingers, apart from Rashford, really do. So it was yeah. nice to see us get on the end of a rebound for once because we don't really have many natural goal scorers or natural goal finders and stuff. So, um, Good yeah, to, to see to see that. So, yeah, it's just the instincts in it, the, the sense of it. And yeah. you can see on the goal, if you just keep your eyes on him, even though Martial is usually a clinical finisher in them areas, you can see how he's like, I could get on the end of this. Like, mm. He knows, so it's nice to see that. We're talking about um, we're talking about sort of a team lower 
down the table. We'll finish this podcast by maybe talking about who we think might end up facing the job. Um, I think you, you said before, what did you say beforehand? Like, no one looks like they're... I said like, who's, I said, yeah, I said who's not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah so at the bottom of the table, it's... I do I mean, actually, now I've thought about it, I do have two that, well, th- I do have a bottom three who are, de- uh, well, not definitely going to go down, but look absolutely muddied right now. Yeah, who's so, going? Um, I've got Southampton, Leeds and Leicester. Yeah, I think I think um, that's the same as... I yeah, think I Leicester think have enough, way. I think Leicester have enough quality, but the managerial appointment, if I'm any player in the in the eleven, and I'm seeing that the club's announced Dean Smith to to lead him out of relegation. Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to be, you know, the, like the players who are going down who are like brilliant quality in the championship for Leicester. They will not. They'll be bothered about going down for sure, but they will come straight back up. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. Like I feel a bit weird with the appointment. I feel a bit when I watch them. They're they're very poor and. I the think King they Carl just Stadium's almost, they almost really got dejected. I think Dean Smith, yeah. for as, as much criticism as I've given him tactically, he's like a guy who I think he can inspire. Yeah, he can inspire like a good mood in the yeah. team. He can give Madison a, a great responsibility on the ball. Yeah, He has John Terry, obviously, in his backroom staff sort of do a similar thing in terms of like yeah. getting everybody on side, sort of putting in the effort and just hoping that the quality just takes you through. Um, but Leeds honestly... Oh, they looked so bad against yeah. Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool were good. Um, but Leeds were just yeah. so bad. The Ellen Road intensity just wore off as well. If you get past the first five minutes at Ellen Road. But you know what? I it, think that's, it's part of like, we, we've it's said. It's the football. Yeah, but we've said in the past, like there's certain styles that teams like embody. And I think like yeah. the high pressing style of Bielsa, I think Bielsa is like the most lead side I've seen in the, yeah, Alagracia is like a very proactive, like it's sort of mid standoff. Yeah, yeah, like it was, it was very, it was very diet. Like I'm not being funny, but it didn't really happen too much in the game. But if you're playing a mid to low block and you're expecting Junior Furpo to try and clamp up Mohamed Salah, mm. Mm. like you, you're playing in, you, you're walking into the fire almost. It's like, yeah, it's a bit pointless. But I, I think like they've I got a very you've... intense team and they're not using the intensity either. Yeah, and 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 maybe you could have you could put this argument forward that like oh, is it technically the best fit or whatever, but like just by nature of the mood of the crowd, like that the fans they want to see or they they're used to seeing their team give a lot of effort, and even yeah, if it's tactically, it looks like not. Yeah, even if it's tactically tactically the right thing to do, it doesn't look like what a, what a team can get behind. And I think their their yeah. two results recently have been really poor. Um, yeah. Kenny really sort of disappointing in this game as well very, I think they need to give very um, disappointing they need to give my guy Darko Gayabi I think if, if that's how you pronounce it minutes man he's he's this player who used to play for City um, a young guy from the um, he used to play for our Elia side um, and he's this like pivot player sort of like a, you could say box to box player but the way he resists pressure the way he slaps the pass between the lines incredible um, yeah so I think like that's sort of lacking. Yeah, they need a player like that, and I think once Nanto's back, it's like he's sort of their only hope. Really, he's he's really impressive yeah. um, in that game as well. As I, I was speaking about this on the last podcast, but um, Trent's creation from deeper inverted positions, um, yeah, yeah, it was was one of the was one of the assists. So 
Yeah, and he's been really impressive last two games. You know what? I've I've had criticism. Sorry, I've had criticisms about Trent playing inverted because I've thought like if you get him wide, he can utilize his crosses a bit better. But I think the ability that, or or the sorry, the benefit that you get from Trent playing inside with his counter pressing and like without having to cover all those wide areas immediately, I think that really helps his game. yeah. And it was crazy like, after really the game. Good passes after well. the game, everyone was like, right, so who are Liverpool signing at left back to play left centre half then in possession? Because as soon as they seen the yeah. 3 2 with the inverted four back and then the left centre half being the left back, I was like, right. But then if that is the case, it's Evan and Dicker, and that would be a beautiful sign. But Andrew Robertson you know is probably do? too good to. They just could, drop. in possession, they could push Robertson into like wide left, as in like a left winger. Have one of the pivot players like Fabinho become center center back, yeah. and then have Trent and Thiago, Trent and Thiago, or Trent and Jones. Yeah, uh, they, they, they've definitely got. This is the thing we spoke about. This it's like he's finally trying something, and all it took was one big win or one result for like all these creative mm-hmm. ideas to start flowing out on Twitter and flowing out in the dressing room. I guess, and it's like, like why did you not try it earlier? Like, try it earlier. And who knows, yeah. right now, you could have a solid 3-2-5 in possession, yeah. press-resistant midfield, inverted full-backs playing But I think, you know, as much as it is Trent, I think alongside Trent, I would really credit a lot of, of Liverpool's quality now to Curtis Jones. And people will, whatever, say what, what they want about Curtis Jones. But they've got this image formed in their mind about Curtis Jones as this sort of guy who was meant to be the player sort of wasteful in possession he doesn't contribute enough in attack whatever whatever like all of those things are founded upon like a few like a tiny handful of games from ages ago but the base qualities that Curtis Jones have has sorry are ridiculously good the ability in in the build-up is something that Liverpool lack outside of like Thiago and then I still think Curtis Jones has a better appreciation of like when to go direct and when to be safe he provides a poser to this Liverpool side and he's not fatigued by past seasons. He's really pressing, winning the ball high. I think he's been the yeah. main player who stood out for me for Liverpool in their like... He was good against Leeds rem- too. Yeah, mini remontada. So like, shout out Curtis yeah. Jones, man, honestly. Even that assist yeah, for... Brilliant. Was it assist? It was like a pre-assist. Not last game, but the game before. Like Grealish-esque yeah. in, that, in that pass. So, yeah. Really he's, a co- he's comfortable. Um, so so we'll we'll give our final list. You've given your list in it. You've reminded me. Yeah, Southampton, Leicester, Leeds. You know what? I think I'll agree with you. I think I will yeah. agree with you. I think it kind of picks itself now because I feel like the people above the relegation zone are, are like having signs of encouragement, and I feel like them three are just there's niche, there's nothing. The thing is, though, Leeds have like good players, man. They Leeds have also got a really hard running. Yeah, well. I, I was looking at that. After yeah. the, they've got two, they've got two must winners, and then after that, they've got like Newcastle, City, Tottenham, City. Yeah, it's it's not looking good. Yeah. Right. Well, if you're a Leeds fan, I'm sorry. Sorry, Leeds fans. Yeah. If you're if you're an Everton fan, I mean, it sounds alright. This, this, yeah. this last bit of the conversation. I about them, to be fair, maybe they are. Yeah, yeah I mean, they're sort of. Are they? I don't know. Come, come back next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't don't get too pleased. Everton. Don't get too pleased. Um, but yo, it's been another lovely episode. I think next week. We're trying to get a guest on. We're trying to get more guests on in general, actually. Um, and we're trying to up the levels always. If you're listening to this on whatever streaming audio 
podcast platform you are listening to this on give it a follow give it a rating if you're watching this on youtube appreciate you watching to the end subscribe give it a like all of those things um, and then yeah we'll catch you again next week thanks oh nice little apps